Hello, everyone. Alexander Vieira here, and welcome to another episode of the Economics of Everything podcast. Here on Econ of Everything, we believe that economics in its purest form is the study of how people make decisions. Thus, our goal is to make our audience informed decision makers in all parts of their life. We do this by breaking down topics we look at with data, research, and practicing theories. We also look at topics of critically and agnostically to discourage and employ an economic lens. Now, the goal of our team is really just to break down the complex nature of econ to help you employ critical thinking strategies and a holistic approach and help to help you become a better decision maker. So I am actually very excited here today. We have Nick O'Brien. He is founder of Workaround. He's a genius at creating communities of like-minded people, a master connector. He's created a whole bunch of communities all over Wisconsin uh, with different organizations, different groups of people, different goals and intentions. And I'm really excited to have him here today and really talk to us about what it means to build a community and like how he got to where he is today. So. Nick, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, Alex, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, uh, so tell me a little bit about which, who you are, what got you here, and uh, why you are so committed and emotionally invested in community building. Yeah, well, you did a pretty darn good job of like an overview of who I am from a professional sense. Just, uh, uh, I don't know if I'd say genius by any means, but I'm a definitely an, an addict of community and an obsessor of community. Uh, I have, you know, worked with several different organizations across the state of Wisconsin, um, creating economically impactful communities, as I like to put it. You know, community is everywhere, uh, whether we're conscious of it or not. Um, and the ones that you actually put intention behind um, with the you know, intended impact of economic, in, like in intended outcome of the economic impact, um, community, community can be a really strong force for the economy. And as I you know, listen to the intro of the podcast, it's like, absolutely. Uh, I believe that people um, are actually, like people use other people to make more decisions in life than anything else you know the influence of who is is really what guides people's decisions uh and i think if people's decisions is what guides the economy then honestly community is a pretty strong force uh for helping people make decisions that impact the economy um and that kind of took it away from me a little bit here but uh, i think the important thing to know that is um you know i i, I grew up in a small town here and, and, and not even in Wisconsin. When I came to Wisconsin, I was just so enamored with the people that I had met here. And I just felt this like kind of obligation inside of me to make sure that all the cool people that I knew that were doing cool things knew all the other cool people that I had met who were doing cool things. And that has you know blossomed into this you know career in community building. And I've done this with young professional groups, with artist groups, musician groups, um, entrepreneurial groups. Uh, innovation groups, um, any sort of special interest or shared kind of, you know, shared interest uh, group of people um, is really where I gravitate towards in terms of connecting people to people, people to place, and people to potential. Um, and yeah, it's been like almost seven years now that I've been doing this as a profession. Um, I, 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 I think I was community building before community building was like, a thing like a job that you have you know yeah um, and uh so not that that's 
necessarily important by any means, but I just felt this draw toward community building and bringing people together um, before it became like the cool thing to do, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing it for a while. A, gr a couple of groups that I know they started after COVID, but that's because, you know, we couldn't do anything. So the virtual community became a big thing. Uh, it's nice to see that you've been building communities for a long time and for a whole bunch of different organizations. And I feel like that really led into you building Workaround. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and why you started it? Yeah, yeah. So I think it was probably 2016. Um, I became kind of enamored with the idea of um, activating unused space in, in cities. Um, and, you know, at first that became, you know, just kind of through the lens of events, like there were, I was working for an economic development corporation um, at the time, and I saw um, an opportunity to activate vacant buildings that were just sitting there being wasted that could be contributing to the economy in some way, shape or form. And, uh, and so I started throwing events in vacant buildings and bringing people together in these kind of neutral spaces where nobody owned it. That, that means there was no real like, um, there was no real like way that you had to behave in a building or the way that you had to think about it. It was a neutral space and it allowed people to kind of be creative and free. And, and they actually serve as great spaces for people to connect with each other in a neutral environment. So um, after I did that, like I, I started getting into this entrepreneurial community building stuff and um, noticed that like entrepreneurs need like a place to gather, you know, uh, where they can bump into each other and have these uh, collisions and these collaborative spaces and things like that. And so I started getting into the world of co-working spaces and um, not too long after that, I think it was like less than two years, I was contracted to, to develop a co-working space um, in another Wisconsin city. And um, anything with like brick and mortar locations, I feel like the development of that is generally approached with this, like you build it and they will come type of mentality. And I've never really believed in that so much. I believe that you actually build the community first and, and then the community, um, you know, will help you build the space, the physical space that they want to be in. Um, and so that's exactly how I approached the co-working space project. Um, as soon as they, you know, gave me the keys uh, to, the, to the building that they had chosen for this co-working space, you know, I started building community before I started putting anything in the space. And so I started inviting people in and, and before you knew it, like there was this kind of aura of support for this co-working space that really hadn't even been like built out or, or fully envisioned yet. And so six months later, we opened the co-working space. Um, you know, there were several people uh, waiting to sign up for a membership uh, versus the other approach where you would have had to wait for people to come. Uh, the people were waiting for the space to open. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved to Milwaukee and I realized that over, you know, a bunch of stuff that I'm kind of glossing over here, but um, the co-working space was more of the culmination of the entrepreneurial community building that I had done in that city. And I moved from that city to Milwaukee and realized when I got to Milwaukee that there was this community of entrepreneurs uh, that I had helped develop in this other city that now I didn't even get the chance to hang out with because they were four hours away. And so I spent a lot of my first you know, month in Milwaukee looking for that same semblance of community that I had, ha that I had just left. And I went to co-working spaces because that's where I thought you would find it. That's where you were going to find it in the city that I, that I had left. 
Um, and I, so I day passed at a bunch of co-working spaces in my first month and didn't really find what I was expecting to find. I didn't find community. I didn't find engagement. I didn't find people like wanting to help each other. It was there for you go to, to work. That's it. Like you, your head's down. Um, and sure you might have a strike up a conversation about the Packers game or something with somebody, but it wasn't necessarily all that meaningful. And so um, after that first month, I was like, well, I'm still kind of, you know, thirsting for this. I, I need to find it. I know it exists somewhere in Milwaukee. I just got to figure out where it is. And, and I, all the while, I still wanted to learn about Milwaukee and the different neighborhoods and things like that. So the, the, the second month I was living in Milwaukee, I, I did something different. Instead of going to co-working spaces where you're the places that are kind of designed for work, I went to places that were designed for community, you know, that people just so happened to be working at and those mm. were you know cafes coffee shops bars restaurants breweries hotel lobbies you know places that were already kind of third spaces if you will and third spaces meaning not the place that you live not the place that you work but the place that you hang out that you spend all the rest of your time right. and i ended up meeting a lot more people that way um like learning a lot more about the community the, the city itself, because I was intentionally going to different neighborhoods and kind of co-working uh, in a particular neighborhood at, at a few different locations each day. Um, and I just thought to myself, well, if, if Airbnb can become the um, number one lodging company in the world without owning or leasing a single square foot of, of lodging space, like, could there be a co-working company that does the same thing, um, but and doesn't own or lease any any, you know, any office space or any workspace. Um, and that about that time is when like WeWork was kind of exploding or imploding, however you want to look at it. Um, and I just saw that concept as like, well, no wonder this isn't working. Like all of the money that you're raising or that the revenue that you're generating is going to paying for the thing that people really aren't looking for that much. Not, yeah. they're, they're, they're not looking for place. There's place everywhere. You know, there, there's there's space everywhere. They're looking for community. And um, I thought, thought, thought to myself, like, what if you could build a co-working community that is does have a physical representation, but the co-working community isn't paying for the physical representation. The co-working community is putting its money and its efforts toward building the thing that people want, community. The community, right. And so that's kind of, that was the premise of Workaround. Um, granted, it's come a long way since then. That was like it was actually pre-pandemic before like this whole remote work thing was such a, a, a like a thing to figure out, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, that was kind of the premise of it. And um, obviously COVID threw a wrench and some things in terms of the physical connectivity between people in place. Um, but, but in 2021 here, we've done a lot of testing in different locations and, um, you know, tried it out with a lot of different kind of special interest groups. And so far it seems to be resonating with the people who I think the whole idea in the big, to begin with was, was meant to resonate with. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I really liked how you moved from a co-working space. It's like, just like coffee shops and uh, your restaurants and stuff. The question that came up to my mind while you were there was like, how did you instigate your conversations? You put a little sign like, Hey, I'm here to chat on the table. And then just have people walk up to you or like, you know, you're at a restaurant or a bar and like, how do you start building that community? Like what's, what, what are some of the first steps of like how to get that community going? Yeah, that's a good question. And kind of use your reference. Like I kind of am the sign in a sense, like, 
Like, I don't like as soon as I start speaking to somebody, like I go into community building mode, you know, where my job is to learn as much about that person as possible um, and be able to help. You know, I have a give first mentality with everybody that I meet. Um, I'm a see it, see a need, help, or see a need, fill a need type of guy. And so just building a rapport and relationships with people, even if it's just for five minutes, you know, I want to enter a conversation um, as strangers, but leave that as at least friends for that moment, you know, and, and so I think a lot of my ability to um, just kind of walk up to somebody and start talking with them and, and, and create, you know, some semblance of meaning in that, in that interaction has a lot to do with my, my background, um, academic background in communications and, um, you know, my degrees in broadcast journalism. And I spent the first 10 years of my career as a journalist um, talking with people who you had never met before, but you're sticking a microphone and a camera in their face and you're going to talk to them for five minutes and you need them to produce something meaningful that you're going to put on the air, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just get really good at, as a, as a journalist um, at, about you just get really good as a journalist at developing a rapport with somebody pretty quickly that makes them feel comfortable, that makes them feel like you're there to help them um, because you really are and you want to tell their story. And so a lot of my journalism, like, you know, just background helps me understand how to interact with somebody I've just met, how to kind of obtain all of, or at least, you know, absorb all of the information that there is to know from that conversation and then be able to package that into a story that you can go and tell somebody else when you're connecting that person to somebody who maybe could help them with a challenge that they're experiencing. So those are kind of like the early, early like stages of community building. Like you can build community between two people. Um, and as soon as you start to do that with more people and you find similar interests in these people that you've met, now that just starts compounding and compounding and compounding because really, Community is just a collection of individuals who are like-minded and who are, you know, there to support and, and help each other. Um, just like, you know, you and I have developed that type of relationship. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> simplifying community a little bit. It's just like, it's just, it's relationships that yeah. are meaningful and are, um, you know, that are impactful. And when you have a lot of those relationships in one kind of hub or one kind of group, that's community. Nice. So uh, as from your what's your professional opinion? I want like a, a, what's your number one tip for when you meet somebody new for you to be able to get and build like that rapport in like a relatively fluid and consistent manner? Yeah, just, I mean, people like, like to like often, how do I say this without sounding kind of like, um, you just ask questions, you know, be curious. Yeah. You know, like that's good. I like. That. I, I I referenced this. You know, I know I've talked with you about this before, but like, um, you know, the, the just the kind of the notion that if you if you want to be interesting, be interested. You know, right. people are are going to be quicker to. Most people are going to be quicker to talk about themselves and what they're interested in than they are to talk about you or what you're interested in. Now, granted, if you already know that there's a shared interest there between the two of you then obviously yeah you can talk about something that you're interested in but you know like people are generally comfortable like telling their own story even if it's not that like polished but if you could just ask questions in a way that like you know as a, again as a journalist i'm i'm taught to 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 absorb information and then link it all together in this right. like you know kind of successive story 
Um, I don't think a lot of people know how to do that for themselves. So as soon as, I'll just give you an example. Like as soon as, like, let's just say I spend five minutes with somebody, I ask them some questions, I, I absorb some information. My mind then turns that into a story. And then five minutes later, I'm gonna introduce that person to somebody else. And then you just oh. tell that, that person's story to this other person who they haven't even met. And they just met you five minutes ago. And they're like, holy cow, I sound really cool. Like, yeah. this is awesome, you know? And thank you, Nick, for like, you know, better, you know, being able to sum up my story better than I can sum it up myself. Um, so more or less, it's just, you know, it's, it's seeking information so that you can be a storyteller about that person. And people like to tell their story, but they even like, they like even more to hear their story, um, you know, from somebody else. So that's, that's, as, as one tip, I, I suppose I'll give. That's a, that's a really good one. I think that's uh, something that can be really useful to a lot of people. Um, so you've built a lot of communities in your time. One question I have is how do you, what do you think makes a successful community that will like, that has longevity, that has connectivity, that has intimacy and what makes a non-successful community? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, everything I say here is, it's not like a universal truth, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's all kind of re relevant to my approach. Uh, and there are many, many community builders and managers who do things differently. But, um, you know, the way that I'm going to articulate is just just it's just from my own experiences. So um, I see uh, the community is a word right now that is getting it's, it's being used a lot. I don't want to say it necessarily it's being overused, but I think it's being used in different ways. And it's kind of a, how do I say, what's the word? Um, it's just like everywhere, but we, we all have different connotations for it, right? And I gotcha. think one word in particular gets used interchangeably with community that I don't necessarily think is an interchangeable word with community is network. Right. Mm -hmm. Like somebody's in your network, someone's in your community. We're, we're starting to kind of throw the words around like as if, if, as if they're the same. I don't necessarily believe that. I look at networks as more transactional mm -hmm. um, where, you know, there's an input and there's an output. Right. Uh, and generally, like those that are in your network, you're like selling to or you're partnering with or whatever. There's more of like kind of a professional, um, you know, kind of application or expected outcome of a network. Whereas a community is more personal, in my opinion. Like it, a community, it, a community that, if the people that are in your community are people who know you for more than just like your profession. There's no, I like to say that like communities that are built on transactional relationships are not communities. And if they mm -hmm. are, and if they start that way, or if they become that way, they're, they're not sustainable communities. Communities can start as a network and, and then um, evolve into a strong community. Um, and, and networks, you know, communities can start as communities. And then as the transactional nature of those interactions like evolve, it can come out of a, being a community and more just being like a network. Right. So, so like, I, I think, you know, like I don't have this down in like a principles because mm -hmm. it's all different based on like different types of people and, um, and, and interests and things like that. But communities are generally based on people relationships. Um, maybe the, the thing that's bringing these people together is an interest, is a shared interest, whether it be professional or personal. But like 
you feel like somebody's in your community when you feel like you could call that person and talk about something that's not necessarily relevant to the shared interest that that community was formed around. You know, it's nice. people-based relationships. I mean, think about like your neighborhood that you live in, you know, mm. like, or the building that you live in. Like, if you know those people, my guess is you, you would classify them as being in your community because they're there. It's a place-based community, right. but, but like there's relationships there that aren't necessarily oriented around a particular interest. Um, and, and you would just hope that you, you feel, you feel safe. You feel supported. You feel secure. Like those things are products of community. And um, the, I guess the more and more that it becomes transactional, it becomes more of a network in my opinion. So. That's interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, so from what I'm understanding, so like a more of like a network is something like I have a Rolodex and I need to sell a house or I need someone to do marketing. And so I call this guy, I'm like, hey, I have a job for you. He goes, all right, 50 bucks an hour. And then boom, that's the conversation. Whereas community, it's more like, hey guys, we're gonna go uh, meet up at Wannable tonight at five to uh, get some drinks. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be there. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. And there's not really like a set agenda or like a conversation that people are gonna go to have. It's just like there to have any kind of conversation, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my, I would, something that I would look out for is like, if, if you're, if you think you're in a community and there are people selling each other, like that's not a community. Right. No, like that's, that's a network, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and if you think you're in a network, but there are people like, you know, texting you happy Thanksgiving or how are you, how are your kids or, you know, how did that, speech go or that project go or whatever and there's a kind of a give first like i'm interested in you as a person and Mm -hmm. like your journey then you're in a community you may not know it but you're in a community like communities are made up of friendships they're not made up of you know business relationships now granted Mm -hmm. those can interchange like business relationships and friendships can be one and the same but um yeah it's just i don't know they're just again people-based it's all people there's no intended outcome other than like there's there, the feeling of community which is like safety and support and and security like i have someone i can go to i have a group of people i can go to mm-hmm. and then one question that i've been kind of dealing with because i try to i try to start a book club i've been trying to get more people involved in like this econ community that i've been trying to build and i know that you've been we've been we've had some conversations about this topic as well how do you take a community that is like established there's people you know there's there's a common interest and they have a relationship together and have it continue working without like the person who like brought them all together like there's the glue and then there's the pieces and like you kind of want all the pieces to be glue but what happens when the glue leaves is kind of like you know yeah so you know to, to be completely honest, like that's something I've been trying to figure out for the last seven years, you mm-hmm. know, because in my experiences, like I've been able to develop these communities. And unfortunately, like in most cases, once I've left, those communities stopped kind of meshing. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe they broke off into smaller groups that were kind of more like just friendship than they were like, you know, intentionally built communities but you know like i said communities are based on relationships and i believe that relationships the the equation for relationships is shared time 
plus shared experiences, right? Um, I mean, just think about how you form a relationship. The more time you spend with somebody and the more experiences that you have in your memory that you can go and reflect on with that particular person, like that's a good relationship. And so, you know, the, the, the communities that are able to sustain themselves without necessarily their needing to be like the glue in the middle are the ones where like the community is the glue. It's mm -hmm. not, there's not one person. Uh, and, and those are, that, that, that will happen when there are numerous relationships within the community. So it's not just, hey, uh, Alex, you and I are friends and we're a part of this community, but I don't really have that type of a relationship with anyone else in the community. Like, right. It's, you got to think of it as like, the strongest communities are the ones where the people in them have relationships with as many people as possible in that community. Right. And, and, and they're the ones that are also geared toward and like a specific value, you know, like what are, what are the people in the community getting out of it? And the more similar that each of those values are from each individual person's perspective, the, the tighter knit the community is. Everyone knows why they're there, what they're getting out of it, how to help, you know? Um, and yeah, so, you know, there's not really an answer to your question. Um, at least I don't have one yet. Like, that's where I'm saying I'm not a genius. I'm not an expert on this. I'm still creating it. I'm still figuring it out. Um, but especially in this age of COVID where, you know, or post-COVID or however you want to look at it, like, there are communities that are digital now and there are communities that are in-person. There are communities that are hybrid. And so there's all these different factors that now come into the development and the sustainability of a community. But the one thing I will say is that community building, a, building a strong community, that one that sustains, takes a lot of time. It is not something that you, you know, you have two or three meetups and boom, you got a community. No, that's not the way it works. Like the community is, it, it takes a long time to evolve. Like, it's like saying, you know, at 10 years old, you wanted to become, you know, an economics expert or whatever. And by 10 and a half, you were like, oh, I'm an ex economics expert just because I say that <laughs> I want to be one. No, like you have to put in the time, you have to develop relationships with the, with the subject matter. You have to develop, you know, relationships with experiments that you've done with studies, whatever it may be. Like it is a constantly like compounding and evolving process. And I just think we're right now we're too quick. And I would, I even like, um, kind of like, I would even fault myself in this a little bit and saying like, we're too quick to say, Oh, this is a community, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when it falls apart, we're like, ah, oh, how, how, why did this community that I built fall apart? Well, it probably wasn't a community to begin with, you know? And right. if it was like, you don't get to community and just be like, okay, I'm going to walk away. Like, hopefully it sticks. Like it takes a lot of time from the person who wants to develop it or the people who wants to want to develop it and manage it. And it's like, just like relationships, right? You don't meet somebody you know, for a beer and be like, okay, that person's going to be in my life forever. That just it doesn't work like that. You know, just, I would encourage people to think about community. Like you think about relationships and think about the amount of time, energy 
and thoughtfulness that goes into having a really good relationship with somebody. That's, and you know, community is just a collection of really good relationships. And so <laughs> to put it through that lens, it like makes a lot more sense, you know? Right. It isn't something that like, you just check the box. Okay, we've got one of those, on to the next thing. Like it's, it's something that is a living, breathing being that is always, always has needs, always has desires, and always has like the requirement of strong relationships within it. Right, cool. Um, we're gonna be wrapping it up. I have three final questions and I would like you to answer them in one word or one sentence. All right. Okay. So uh, what is the best advice you have ever gotten? Mm. The best advice I've ever gotten. Probably um, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong damn room. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> I was going to say the one word, which was learn, was the best advice I'd ever gotten. But like that, those two things go hand in hand. Like I'm yeah. here to learn. And if I'm the one that's teaching all the time, like I'm probably not learning as much as I could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, and then it becomes really important to put yourself in a community that has a lot of smarter mm -hmm. people around you. Totally. <laughs> Um, what is the worst advice you've ever gotten? Oh man, that's hard to, that's even harder to answer because there's a bunch of stuff out there. Um, <laughs> uh, gosh, man, um, worst advice I've ever gotten, like, uh, probably like something to do with selling, you know, yeah. like, like sell yourself or something like that. Like, right. It's not, it's not bad advice necessarily, but I think that type of advice can get, can quickly expand into something that is not helpful, you know, but it starts your relationship off with the wrong intention. Right. Totally. Right. Mm -hmm. And then my final question is if you could make one law, in the U in the world that everyone has to follow, what would it be? Hmm. That is interesting. My head is going so many places. <laughs> um, one law. Well, given the context of like workaround and like where most of my thoughts are right now, I would say that there should be a law that you cannot build a building unless you have a community of people or a, you know a group of people who are advocating for its for whatever its intended use is going to be, you know. And there's a there's a clear demand for it, and there are people saying yes, I want this hap to happen. I'm going to do this in this building, like. We just we just build things because we think things need to be built yeah. and we think if we build it they will come mm -hmm. and i mean how many vacant buildings do we have and granted it's not like you build a brand new building and it sits vacant although that does that does happen especially yeah. with commercial space but like <laughs> like if you want to build something also i would also say like if you want to build something is there something is there a building that already exists that could be repurposed for that thing that you're wanting to build it for right you know so yeah there has to be community buy-in 
in order for something to be built or that'd be cool that'd be cool nice uh i appreciate it i'm just gonna close us off uh thank you so much nick for your time i really appreciate your thoughts on community building and your experience with that and thank you all of our listeners for joining us on another episode of the economics of everything podcast we look forward to filling the world with more informed decision makers like you please give us a like a follow and check us out at econofeverything.com. Many new exciting things coming up in the future, and we look forward to be working with you guys all. The economics of everything. Our interest is in your future value. Bye.